Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, it's your girl Breeny Lee and welcome to the Pep Talk podcast where we have real raw relatable conversations with the Pep Talk you need. You have the power to create your future with the choices that you make today. What do you bring to the table? Baby, I am the table. Love yourself a little bit more than that, ladies. Come on. Dust settles, queens don't. And don't forget, know your worth and then add tax. Period. So today we are talking about a video clip that went viral. This was a clip from a girl called Shan Body or Shan Bodhi and it was her podcast. I should definitely know the name of the podcast. This is so rude. Lovers and Friends podcast. Chan Body posted it on Instagram and it was featuring a guest called Watch Jazzy, whose original name is Jasmine Brown, who is a influencer and a comedian. So I listened to the clip. I had my opinions, I had my views, but I like to listen to things in context. So I went and listened to the actual full podcast, which was like an hour long. So if you guys want to listen to that first, I suggest you guys do that and then come back. I'm the type of person that can listen to something that I may not necessarily agree with, but I can still listen objectively and with the intent to understand and not with the intent to judge or to disagree. So this video isn't going to be that. I know whenever women speak about submission or women that are pro-submission, they can get a bad rap. I'm a believer and so I of course believe in biblical, there's a key, biblical submission for a wife to a husband. Please be clear, the scripture that talks about submission is aimed at wives to husbands, husbands to wives. So before you guys get your panties in a twist, the Bible's not even talking to y'all. The Bible never spoke to singles to submit to a man, their man, a boyfriend, even a fiance. So I'm gonna play the clip for you guys in a second, but I was actually quite blown away and quite surprised by the podcast and what this girl Jazzy was saying. I actually got a lot of revelation about myself listening to it. Crazy, right? Yeah, I got a revelation about myself listening to it. But on the surface, what she said seems harmless and seems like, yeah, who wouldn't want that as their woman? Who would not wanna be 
with this type of girl. It seems very harmless, but I'm going to break it down how this can be quite dangerous if you was to adopt in your own relationship. As much as I'm making this content about somebody, I don't know Jasmine, I don't know the girl. I think it's important that we are sensitive with how we respond to things that we don't agree with because we have to understand that this is also a person as much as she's a talking point I've made her today she's still a human being with real emotions real feelings and in real life I just ask that we're all respectful we're all women at the end of the day we're not always going to get things right and I think that sometimes when women are vulnerable it's sometimes almost used against them and we're all evolving she probably thought she was like doing something like she was saying something that of course is honest and true to who she is but I don't think she was ready for people to read into what she said and to psychoanalyze what she said which is what I'm actually going to be doing in today's video but if you're watching this like no shade to you as a person I think it's an important message for women so all that said let's jump right into the clip what does a submissive woman do for her man everything <laughs> what does that mean you know like packing his bag unpacking his bag um just making sure all the things that he wants and like I, I pretty much read his mind so it's like if i know you and i study you like i know how you are in the morning i know how you are about midday i know when you're in this mood what you need like before you can ever ask me for something i'm already on it i mean he's spoiled and you know when i talked to my girlfriends about it, i was like oh how are you guys doing and i'm just like girl he's rotten I'm like, he's spoiled rotten. Like, he's rotten. But I love that. Like, I want him to be that. I think my biggest flex is how I treat my man. And I've been known to love people back to health. And sometimes it's very draining. But my love is my superpower. And I used to hate that about myself. But now it's like, I'm just embracing it. Like, that's who I am. Like, if I love you, I can heal you. It's your joy. It is my joy. You know, I, I love to see him eating a meal that I cooked. I love seeing him sleep easy. Every night, like clockwork, I scratch this man's back to sleep. And I know when he's asleep because I can tell when his breathing changes. And some people might think that's psychotic, but that's like, I just know that's when I'm like, oh, I can stop now. But I find joy in being your rest, you know? So know what that means. And, and that works for us because he wants what I have to offer. What are you getting from all that you're giving? What are you asking for in return? Ooh, Ooh chow. Things are gonna get easier. There's actually a lot to cover, not just in this clip, but also in the full podcast. And I kind of want to skim over that, kind of read to you guys some people's comments, kind of give my insight. But what I really want to say is going to be at the end of the video. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And also make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Stop watching my videos for free, okay? It costs to make this content, okay? Cost me my mental. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so first things first, off the top, what she was describing isn't submission, it's service. Or if you wanna talk about the five love languages is acts of service, which in turn is actually a way of showing love, which is amazing. If that's how your partner wants to be cared for, if he wants you to pack and unpack his bag and, you know, cut the sides off his sandwiches and, you know, pack his pack lunch and, you know, rub his back to sleep, then cool. <laughs> if that's the way that he wants to be loved by you, then go ahead and do it. I just felt like the podcast 
title was The Art of Submission. But I don't think what she was talking about, especially in that particular clip, is submission. It's actually an act of service. I kind of want to read to you what somebody had said. She said, I don't think being a servant is necessarily being submissive. A woman can be a servant, but still not be submissive to her husband. Being submissive, in my opinion, is submitting to his beliefs, his leadership, his goals, his vision. Just because you unpack a bag or fix dinner doesn't mean you're being submissive. You're just being a good wife. And that was from a woman. This one is from a guy. He said, this sounds more like a maid than being submissive. Ooh. Being submissive is simply allowing a man to lead while supporting him where he needs you. I don't need you packing and unpacking my bags, LOL. I'm not a child. I agree. I agree with what they said. I'm going to let this clip play and describe to you the difference between submission and obedience. So let's play this clip. Submission and obedience are two different things. You obey because you, that's the act. Submission is an inward thing. Submission is about having power and deliberately dropping it. Del it's a deliberate act. You know you have it. You know you can deal with the situation. You know you can even deal with the man. But you're deliberately not showing how powerful you are because power is nothing without control. For instance, I need to travel tomorrow. And I say to my husband, I'd like to travel there. And he goes, oh, I wouldn't want you to go. Just wait with me for a while or something. And I have the money to go and I sit down. That is submission because I have the ability to go the money, the funds, everything. I choose not to go because it, he asked me to. That's submission. However, if I say, I'd like to go to America next week and my husband needs to give me the money to fly and he says, I don't have any money, sit down. And I sit down. What I have done is I've obeyed, I've not submitted. So to be a submissive woman, first be powerful. That is what a lot of people are missing. A lot of people are not submissive. They just don't have what it takes at all. They're just obeying. And they're passing it on to women who have achieved 10 times what they have and saying they are not submissive. No, you are not submissive to you just don't have enough power to be dangerous. To you don't have enough resources to display your unsubmissive nature. I love that. And I think that was the perfect description of submission. She explained it way better than I could ever explain it. But what I will say is we talk about meekness, right? And a lot of people think that meekness is actually weakness, but it's actually strength under control. When you know you have the power, but then you lay it down, that is submission. If you talk about, let's say, being in the army or a general, right? There's obviously ranks in the army and everyone's underneath the, the rank, right? It's not because a soldier is less powerful than the sergeant, right? The soldier can probably outdo the sergeant, but as a soldier, he submitted himself under the sergeant, right? And submission is two words put together. It's sub and it's mission. Sub means to be under and mission, obviously a mission, right? So when you are married, right? Married, okay? And you are instructed to submit to your husband, it's you getting under his mission and playing your role right because there can't be two heads anything with two heads is a monster right so one person has to submit saying that the bible teaches us to submit one to another so as much as a wife submits to her husband a husband is also supposed to submit 
to his wife. So they both submit themselves to each other. So submission does not have to be a bad word. When you're at work, you submit yourself to your manager, right? When you are a kid and you're living with your parent, you submit yourself under your parent, right? I think the problem in our generation and why we really, really, really hate the word submission is because a lot of people, a lot of men, a lot of husbands have actually abused their power to dominate, right? Instead of being humble that you have this authority or God has given you this power, instead of using that power to love your wife you've actually used that power to dominate and to control your wife which isn't good right that's not what submission is all about submission ultimately is a fruit of love right we submit to god because we love him right there's things that i would want to do and i can do by myself but i stop and say no because i'm not in control of my life i'm not saying that control in that sense listen to the example don't read too much into it there's things that i have the power to do but i have to lay down because i'm submitting to god there's things that god doesn't want me to do and i have to as much as i want to do something i have to lay it down because i'm not in control of my own life i am submitted to someone greater and if you choose someone to marry why would you not be comfortable submitting to somebody that you've chosen right so submission is a hard word for a lot of women and i think when i initially saw this reel i thought that women were just you know overreacting or being hypersensitive to the word submission but when i actually listen to the video and i will listen to the podcast because sometimes you can get like things taken out of context when you just watch a one minute reel but I watched the one minute reel and then I watched the second reel and then I listened to the full podcast and like I said I was very much intrigued by what she was saying because I felt like I could relate to her and I'll get into that in a moment. One thing that someone pointed out was that she wasn't actually submitting to him. She was actually mothering him. And as much as she wanted to paint the picture of a feminine, submissive woman, to actually be at someone's beck and call or to do everything for someone puts you in a position of control, which is actually masculine and not feminine, right? Shan asked her, what does a submissive woman do? And she said, everything. So some people pointed out that what she was playing was a role of a mother. On the contrary, let's say she was with a masculine man and she was a feminine woman. And let's say she let's say a home mum, she's married and she wanted to start a business. And her husband turned around to her and said, Do you know what, babe? I don't really think it's the right time. We've got all of these outgoings and we're just about to purchase another property. So I won't have the money to invest into your business right now. But if you give me a year or a year or two, then you can do it. The woman may say to herself, well, actually... I'm just going to go out and get a job so that I can fund my own business. And she could completely disregard what her husband has said. But as a feminine submissive woman in this instance, what she would do would actually take heed to what her husband has said because she actually trusts him. She trusts the fact that he's saying this for the betterment of the family as a whole and not because he wants to dictate or control her. So as a feminine submissive woman, she'd be like, all right, cool, bet. I'll hold this off. Even though I really want to start this business, I'm going to hold it off until a year and a year and a half. 
that puts him in the masculine role and her in the feminine role. This girl, Jasmine, talked about doing this and this and this and this and this and this. Like, if you want to do that, like, nobody's stopping you. Like, do whatever you want to do for your man, but don't call it submission. It's actually quite controlling. But more than mothering, this was a really, really interesting point and something I'd, I've never really heard before. But I feel like on Twitter, there's so many terms and words for things. I mean, it's good because it puts words to things that we can't necessarily explain that well. So I'm not mad at the pop psychology, as they call it, on Twitter. But someone said, this isn't submission, but someone in the comment perfectly described this as nannying. Nannies serve a mothering-like role, but lack any real power beyond what is permitted as part of the predefined dynamic. It's a role that can end abruptly if the child is dissatisfied. So basically, the nanny is on loan. She doesn't actually really have real power, is what they're trying to say. If the mother decides that, well, I don't really like this nanny, then the nanny can be fired. Which I hear in the sense of if you're doing all this stuff for your man and he still decides that, well, yeah, this is a relationship is not working out. Like you are at the mercy of this guy, really and truly. So yeah, that was a good point that someone brought up. In the clip, Jasmine pointed out that it can get tiring and I get it. Some people really jumped on like, oh no, you're tired. Love shouldn't be tiring or whatever. And I bet if I don't really agree with that statement, but someone did say, this was me in my last relationship and baby, let me tell you, it's tiring because your partner isn't a child. We love to infant men under the guise of submission but it's fake you're his caretaker in the worst way and this is the thing guys right if a woman wanted to be a man's caretaker his mummy his nanny then fine but the draining comes from it not being reciprocated back to you and also it comes from you feeling like you have to do the most like she really doesn't have to do the most like she really doesn't have to do all of that and i'm going to talk about it a little bit later but ultimately and what i sense from listening to the podcast is that she's trying to do all these things trying to be his everything so that she doesn't get abandoned and i think deep down i could be wrong let me just put that out there i could be wrong but from what i'm seeing and what i'm i've seen in myself we do all these things so that it's like well how can he leave me i've done everything for him and how many times do you hear women say but i did this i did that i did that i did that and he still left or he still cheated on me so just because you do all these things for a man it doesn't guarantee that he will hang around or that he will even value the things that you're doing for him i literally spoke about this in my last video if you're bending over backwards contorting yourself to fit around somebody and it's not being reciprocated you're doing the most sis like you're doing too much and it's coming from a place of lack and not from a place of fullness as I think she was trying to portray that I'm just a lover it's just who I am as a person but if it is just who you are as a person it shouldn't be draining it shouldn't feel like oh my god like you shouldn't feel drained after you've given your love because loving someone should come from the overflow of your love and not from the, the deep well, right? How can I, 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 how can I explain this? Okay, you know how they say you can't pour from an empty cup, right? That's true. But ultimately, as women, we need to be filled to the brim. Like we need to be filled. I couldn't obviously fill it to the brim because I didn't want to start spilling it everywhere. But as women, this is what a whole woman looks like, right? She is completely full and what she gives to other people is an overflow like let's say this was full to the top right 
But even better than that, a full woman is constantly being filled, right? So the Bible says that our cup runs runneth over, right? Your cup should always be full and overflowing. And so out of that overflow is what you should be giving to a significant other. You shouldn't be depleting yourself to give to somebody else. If that's the case, sis, you're doing the most, right? So you should be in a state of being full and being filled. You should be constantly being filled, filled, filled. And ultimately, of course, your partner should be filling you up too, but they should be giving from their overflow too. That's a healthy relationship. But it seems like she keeps on pouring. And I'm not going to mention the person that she is allegedly dating. I'm not even going to say anything, but I believe this is the case. She's pouring from this right? She's pouring from a depleted cup and she's pouring and she's pouring and she's almost begging that this guy will turn around and fill her up too. But ultimately he may drop something here, there and once in a while and she may feel like, oh, but ultimately she's not being filled in this relationship. So I want to talk about something that she said in the podcast. This was probably what got my antennas up and it was quite alarming. It was 13 minutes 48 into the podcast and I'm going to play a small clip here of what she said. You know, riding dick ain't always my favourite position because I like to be taken advantage. Oh my gosh, no I don't like to be taken advantage of. I like to feel, that's okay, I like to be degraded. Yeah, those are languages that I like and I accept. I do, but if I'm comfortable and if I trust you. Okay, <laughs> I could not skip over the fact that when she was talking about in the bedroom that she likes to be taken advantage of and she likes to be degraded, which Shan felt comfortable with saying. And this would be fine, kind of fine, if she had not mentioned in this podcast that she was in an inappropriate relationship with a guy that was much older than her and he ultimately took advantage of her. So I want to say this, and I don't know if this might be for somebody, in this world that is so liberal at the moment and it's like, it's cool for you to have whatever kink that you want. I want to say to you guys that some of our kinks, the things that we enjoy or we think that we enjoy, actually comes from our trauma. Nobody wants to be real about this stuff, right? Oh, stop kink shaming people. This is a new one. There's always a new term for shaming someone. But don't kink shame someone. It's a new thing. But I want to say that ultimately, like, when you've been violated, you can go two ways, right? You can go frigid, which I will say, like, you're super closed off from anything sexual or you can go hypersexual right when you've been violated or you know molested or abused you can either go the way of uh, submissive or the way of dominant and so what it seems to me is and it's something that i guess i feel like i've struggled with when you have been violated you tend to and if you go the way of submissive and you go the way of promiscuous not saying this is the case for her i know this was the case for me when you go the way of promiscuous and submissive because you were made to feel like a piece of shit <laughs> excuse my french because you were made to feel degraded your first introduction of sex was sneaky, secretive, dirty, degrading, inappropriate. You now have a taste or a desire for that. So when I hear a woman talk about she wants to be degraded in the bedroom, it's not just a kink, okay? And I'm not saying there's plenty of women that out there that probably never been molested or sexually abused. We can't ignore the tie between sexual abuse and sexual degradation. 
Can I say that? And it's hard for us to talk about. And I know we kind of want to just like brush things under the carpet and act like, well, no, it's just a kink. It's just something that I like. I enjoy doing. I get it. But it comes from an actual deeper place. And if she did not mention her past experience with being violated, I probably wouldn't have read into this. But it's my job to read into things and not take things at surface level. But I guess my encouragement to you guys is to look into the things that you have accepted as normal or convince yourself that you like it it may not be that you like it it may just be the way that you was introduced to sexual activity and what you become accustomed to i want to let you guys know that in loving mutual consensual holy sex the woman is not wanting to be dominated or to be treated like a piece of flesh a piece of meat and i know that we live in a world that is porn addicted and the things that we see in porn informs our beliefs i want to let you guys know that wanting to be degraded in the bedroom is not normal and i want us to heal also at 2320 that's where she talks about sexual abuse if you wanted to listen to that i really like the way that shan did this interview by the way i really 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 like the way that she asked questions she asked questions that i was wanting to ask and anyone that does interviews you know why you're asking a certain question as much as you want to be respectful to your guests you uh have an idea of what the person is saying and you kind of want to not make them gloss over certain things she was talking about anal <clears throat> anal it's certain words by the way if you think why don't youtubers say certain words it's because you can get demonetized by saying certain words but let's talk about um booty booty x we'll call it we'll call it booty x and she was saying she does it because he wants it and she said i do what he tells me to do again i have to say this because i've heard women talk about this before and for some of you the only time you are submissive to a man is in the bedroom right and it's not the same as being submissive which we i think we've identified and we've confirmed in the beginning of the video that that's not what submission is but i think it's interesting that many of you the only time that you allow a man to dominate you or to control you or to have more power over you is in the bedroom and i do put this down to a few things one being on the second being sexual abuse porn because we have made it seem good and erotic to be dominated because obviously porn is always from the male perspective we call it in psychology the male gaze porn is viewed from the male's pleasure so we are used to seeing women being dominated and being submissive and we kind of get a kick out of that if, for those of you who watch porn secondly if you've been violated you never had any power anyway so that's how you're going to continue to live your life as in wanting to be or feeling aroused by being dominated this video is going way too deep if you don't want me to talk about this i will in a separate video but i feel like it was really really interesting and last thing i'll say on this topic is that she said i should hate men i'm paraphrasing all my life i've been taken from and i still want to give and she sees that as something that is quite noble i see it as this is a place in which she needs to heal she needs healing in this area because instead of actually being like okay this happened to me when i was younger let me take back my power and realize that what this person did was wrong she's almost allowed herself to play this submissive role because she's not really submissive play this role of submission which actually makes people take advantage of her more and i don't want to go into the abuse thing anymore so i'm going to make a total video on it but there are dynamics at play here that's all i want to say and she also mentioned having not a really good relationship with her father and that her father didn't grow up with love 
So to me, that shows that he didn't know how to love. So she was always looking for love in older men. And if you guys know my story, my father was not around. I felt his absence. So I was always seeking, 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 seeking love. I need love, I need love, I need love, I need love from a man. Like it's so important that I receive love from a man. I could have all the friends in the world. I could have all the women, friends, aunties, mothers, grandmothers in the world. But I still so desperately craved what I didn't have. And that was the love of a man. But ultimately she was seeking love from older men because she still had a desire to have that daddy daughter relationship. And that explains why some, not all, women tend to go for older guys. And even the reason why we call our partners daddy or zaddy, we're not saying it because that's our baby daddy, we're saying that because you my daddy. Like it's kind of gross. We've sexualized the term daddy and baby, but we're not gonna get into that right now. <laughs> Another thing she said in the video was that I feel like my love can heal a man. My love is healing. And it sounds so poetic and it sounds so romantic. But no, our love cannot heal anybody that does not want to be healed, right? If a man does not want to be healed, he will not receive your love as healing. He may not even receive your love at all. There are some people that are so broken that they can't receive love, period. So all this bending over backwards thinking, oh, my love is so powerful. She said that my love is my superpower. And I admit on the surface, it sounds incredible. Like I would want to be with her, right? I would want to be loved by her. But your love, sis, cannot heal someone that doesn't want to be healed. A guy on Twitter said, that man's not healed. He's just comfortable and you're being drained. I want to speak to that because... Men and women are not the same. We think that if we just do everything, if we just shower our men with love, treat them like our child, treat them like our baby, treat them like our son, that this man will just be healed. No, when you make it so easy and so calm, like I believe in being your partner's peace, but I also believe that he should have peace of himself. I can't be your peace. Your peace can't be attached to whether I am in a good mood or in a bad mood. Because if I'm in a bad mood, I may not be your peace at that time. That that does not mean that I'm not a peaceful person, but don't put so much responsibility on me to be your peace. I'm not your peace. Have your own peace and then bring me peace too, right? I'm not saying I'm going to make it obviously difficult for a man, but it's not my job to be your peace, hun. Same as it's not her job to heal you, hun. Come healed. Come on the journey of healing and then we can heal together. But I'm not healing anyone. This is not rehab. And I think she's over overvaluing what she offers a man. Because this is one thing that I've learned. We can feel like we're doing so much and it's all of the things that he doesn't care for. Like, I don't want you to pat my back. I don't want you to stroke me to sleep. Like, it's nice. But in our minds, because we want to receive that, as women, sometimes we give what we want to receive, thinking that they will appreciate that. And more times they don't. And when they don't appreciate it, we almost feel like, what the hell? Who wouldn't love this? Who wouldn't love me cutting the crust of their sandwiches? Who wouldn't love me unpacking their bags, running them a hot bath? Like we overvalue what we think that these men value. And there were some men in the comments like, yeah, I would love this as my wifey. But there's other men like, don't unpack my bags. Don't pack my bag. You might forget something. Like we think we're doing so good, but more times it's not even what the guy wants. And until we realize what a guy actually values and we do those things, we're always going to be burning ourselves out for no reason. And I mentioned on my story that I know women, wives, that don't do half the things that she does and their man loves them to death. But I'm going to get back into that. So I kind of want to talk about abandonment. 
it seems like Jasmine has a fear of abandonment, right? And when we have a fear of abandonment, we usually go to the to the extreme of doing all these nice things, all these good things out of fear that I'm going to be abandoned, that this person's going to leave. Because why would you leave me if I'm doing all these good things for you? Like, and I'm beautiful. The girl is beautiful, banging body, successful. Like, who wouldn't want to be with a bad B like that? But in all that, it's very easy to lose yourself and when I talk about losing yourself this is one thing that you lose trying to do the most for a man you lose your voice you lose the ability to ask for what you want because all of your attention is focused on this stupid all of your all your attention is so focused on what he wants and doing what he wants so he won't leave me and what i found quite interesting was i'm just gonna play it you deserve this so there's that exchange happening so you speak on you're like you tell him the things that you need yeah and the things that you feel like you deserve you'll say that a hundred percent how do you say that I need you to step up in these areas. Mm. I need to not worry about this. I need to be able to take my brain off this thing. I need more affection. I need mm. more love. If we're going to be sexual, here's the things that I need to like feel more sexual. And mm -hmm. in return, I invite that. Like, yeah. So we have a lot of conversations. How does, he, does he receive it well? <sighs> She's so cute, by the way. The way she so innocently asked that question, but that question was loaded. And that was like, oh, wow. So you tell your man the things that you don't like. You actually speak up for yourself. You actually like have a voice in this relationship. Like she was actually so shocked to hear. And this episode actually made me like Shan or love Shan for who she is. And I think we can all learn from her being someone that is so like direct and not afraid of losing someone, which I spoke about in my last video on having standards. When you have standards, even though to some people it may seem like, wow, like calm down like you're asking for too much those type of women always get what they want because they're not afraid to speak up for themselves and they're not afraid to lose the person and when you're not afraid to lose someone you can speak your mind and one thing that jasmine said is that she feels that she makes it easy for guys to love her and i think that is so bad she was being honest and i respect her honesty but to hear that was so bad but i get it like you want to be as non-confrontational as possible you want to make it so easy to 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 be loved because you just want to be loved so you make it so easy to be loved but one thing that I said in my last video is that men like a challenge, right? Jake said, don't make it too easy, girl. Don't take it too fast, right? Men like a challenge. And if you're always being yes sir, no sir, free bags full, he's going to get bored. Men get bored when you make it too easy. So keep that dude on his toes. Say no more than you say yes. And that's not about being an asshole, right? I'm saying say no when you mean no. Say yes when you want to say yes. Not because someone's strong armed you. I I remember there was a time in my last relationship and I was out and my partner at the time had cooked dinner but I was out the whole day so I stopped at a McDonald's and got some food and when I told him I was going to McDonald's to get food he got upset because he was like wait I've just cooked food and I was like well sorry I'm hungry now and I'm finna eat this and part of me was thinking okay let me not eat the food like let me not eat McDonald's let me go home and eat what he's cooked so he's not going to be mad at me because in that relationship I so wanted to please him at the detriment of myself 
And I thought to myself, let me just like no. I'm always saying yes to this guy. Let me just say no for once. And that was literally the thing that was going in my mind. Like, no, I'm gonna go and eat McDonald's right now because I'm hungry. Dinner's not gonna be ready for another three hours. And I'm hungry. I need to eat now. So what did I do? I ate my McDonald's. Okay, I ate my McDonald's. And when there was more space in my stomach, three hours later, he cooked dinner. I ate that too. <laughs> and guess what? He did not kill me. You can say no to a guy. And this is not for everybody, but this is for the women that feel like they have to be like, yes sir, no sir, three bags full sir. And this is a quote I came across on Twitter. It said, just because I do not require much does not mean I deserve the bare minimum. And I think that's a powerful quote. And I agree. Like, I'm someone that I don't ask for much. I'm not one of those women that is like, I need this from him. I need this. I need him to do I need him to do I need him to take this exercise. Taking me to Nova. It's date night every night. I need him to pay my bill. Like, I'd be, I'd be doing the least right i'd be doing the least but just because i don't require extra or a lot does not mean that the things that i require aren't done to a certain standard if i'm only asking you for five percent that five percent better be bloody good it's not an excuse for you to do the very least right because i'm low maintenance like i maintain myself that's why i'm low maintenance in a relationship because i'm high maintenance for me but i take care of me i'm low maintenance in a relationship because i don't expect a lot right but if i don't expect a lot does not mean that you just you casual right don't let these guys get comfortable sometimes make a demand sometimes speak up for yourself sometimes say actually i don't like this actually i need more of this i need more of your time i need more of your attention i need more affection be vocal about it and sometimes you have to start requiring a little bit more right from your partner because if you don't require anything do not be surprised at the bare minimum that's why it's important to have standards like this is what i require step up Believe it or not, if a man thinks you're worth it, if a man is in love with you, if a man is infatuated with you, he will step up. He will rise to the occasion. So don't make it so low for him. Raise your freaking standards. Let him rise to the occasion for you. And that will show you everything that you need to know. Because if you set the bar low and this guy doesn't care about you anyway, he's going to do even less than the bare minimum because he can. Make it hard. Sometimes the most beautiful women have the lowest standards and it's crazy because if you raise your standards to the level of your value like who you are what you have to offer even on a superficial level beautiful successful thriving money kindness she's a full package but your standards is in hell that's your fault do better raise your standards to the quality of who you are and stop giving these guys discounts nobody values a discount let him pay full price plus tax plus VAT, plus inflation. So some people pointed out that she was codependent. Codependent is actually when you rely on someone else for your source of joy and happiness. And even though I think there's an element of that there, I think what she's showing is some of the warning signs of codependency in a relationship, which is people pleasing, a lack of boundaries, poor self-esteem, caretaking, reactivity, poor communication, lack of self-image and dependency and as I watched and listened to that podcast I saw all these things in our dear friend one thing we know about codependent people because the word codependent actually came from people that were addicted to alcohol or or drugs and the people that enabled that behavior right so she even said that her friends say that she enables her partner and she told her partner what her friends had said and because she was upset about it and her man turned around and said well it's because they ain't got no man and I feel like 
single people, we get a hard rap because we can't state our opinion without someone saying, well, it's because she ain't got a man. Like, no, it's because you're actually codependent, sis, and you're actually doing the most, and you're actually not going to get anywhere far doing this and enabling his behavior by being this good, submissive woman to him. Service and submission should be earned. And one thing I do think she does is link her self-worth to people, and she's almost having to prove herself to him and almost sacrifice herself to show to him how worthy I am. I will sacrifice myself for you. And some people may be thinking, well, isn't that what love is? No, because there's only one person that sacrificed their life for us, and that's Jesus. I don't have to sacrifice myself for you. I may sacrifice in the relationship, as in make sacrifices, as in I want to go here, but I'll go here for you. Sacrificing yourself is laying down and actually being a martyr for somebody. That's not what is expected of us. That's not what we're supposed to do. And how I saw this is that she told her mum that she thinks that she's good for this guy. And that's such a funny way to look at things, right? And this is what a lot of people that are codependent do. They're so fixated on the other person. Instead of you asking the question, is this person good for me? You're constantly asking, am I good to them? And am I good for them? You almost see the world from outside in, as opposed to from the inside out, if that makes sense. And her mum's turned around and said that you're good for anybody. And it was like a wow moment for her. But it's a wow moment because you actually don't realize your value. Like anybody would love to have you. But when you don't know your worth, you'll get with guys that could care less about all the things that you do for them. They're going to treat you accordingly. They're going to treat you according to how they view you. And they're going to treat you according to how you view yourself. That's just real. And she turned around and told her guy that, oh yeah, I think I'm good for you. And he's like, yeah, of course you're good for me. Like, what's he going to say? No, you're not good for me. Like who? <sighs> oh, guys. Guys, let's do better this year. 2022 is almost finished. Can we do better? Can we love ourselves? Can we know our value? Add tax, add VAT, add inflation. Standards go up, low self-esteem goes down. <laughs> Healthy self-worth questions the other person. It never questions itself. I don't ask myself, am I good enough? I ask myself, is that person good enough? for me and one thing i know is that this girl is in a relationship with a high profile celebrity and sometimes when you are in a relationship with someone that you deem that or is esteemed higher in the public view you may start to feel that this person is the prize so when you see someone as a prize this is male and female like vice versa when you see someone as a prize ultimately you're below them already and as much as she is successful in her own right Dealing with someone at that status can make you feel like, why me? It almost makes you feel like you have to prove your worth to this person. And I see that all throughout the podcast is what I feel like she's doing in this relationship. And because we don't want to be abandoned or we don't want to be left, we make sure we're doing everything perfectly. But I want to let you guys know that being a doormat is not sustainable. I'll say that again. Being a man's doormat is not sustainable. It may be fun in the first three to four, five, six months, right? To be like, yeah, I'll do anything for you, babe. Yeah, babe. Yeah, babe. Yeah, babe. It might be cute, but it's not sustainable in 
the long run because one you're going to get drained and two he's going to lose respect people lose respect for people that are too readily available i wonder does she ever give this man an opportunity to do something for her shannon asked her a question because she was boasting about how she had an a plus in understanding and knowing her man and shannon said does he have an a plus in knowing you oh no, i don't think so i don't think i want to get to the middle i think that and this goes to me studying my person. I, I have an A plus in his studies because I just know him, you know? And then it's Does like- Does he have an A plus in you? Uh, I think so. I think so. I mean, I, it, I think I make it easy for a man to be with me because they don't have to do much. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, he does. He does. Because... And she paused for a while. That pause, that silence spoke volumes. You're so busy being everything for this guy. What does he do for you? And she had to turn it around and say, well, it doesn't matter what he does for me because I'm still going to do this. And it sounds noble on the surface. It sounds almost Christ-like to be like, oh, it doesn't matter what he's doing for me. I'm still going to do what I'm going to do for him. But life is about reciprocity. And if there's no reciprocity, it's not fair and it's not love. And there are women like I said who do not do one tenth of what this girl does for her man but their man loves them their husbands love them off just because they love them so you trying to prove your worth is useless you're either worth it or you're not value does not beg value does not beg it costs what it costs it doesn't have to parade itself it's valuable we can all see it's valuable no one looks at a diamond and says this is not valuable prove yourself to me diamonds never have to prove themselves to us we all know that diamonds are very valuable you are that diamond the bible says your worth is far more than rubies let that sizzle in your spirit you're worth more than diamonds and everybody sees a diamond for what it's worth but do you see yourself for what you're worth i really love what shan said at the 1530 mark she said that her relationship is very e egalitarian her relationship is very equal and she said i'm not giving for the sake of giving i'm receiving like well i deserve this and i'm giving like you deserve this and it like it dawned on me like this is how i want my relationship to be like i'm receiving i can receive from my partner because yeah i deserve this and i can give to him because he deserves deserves this. I'm not bending over backward and contorting myself to prove to you that I'm worth it. And I don't want to feel like I'm giving all of this to you. I'm giving, 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 giving to you because I want to feel good. And the reason why I'm having to make myself feel good by pretending that I love giving so much is because I'm empty. So if me giving to you is making me feel good, it's because you're not giving to me. It's not equal. And if I'm being honest with myself, it's really because I'm not getting my needs met. All right, deep this, guys. Come, 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 come. Deep this, guys. I'm tricking my mind to feel good about giving, giving, and giving, and giving, and giving to you to make myself feel better about what I'm not receiving from you. Ultimately, I've spoke about this time and time again, right? This is what narcissists do. I'm not saying she's a narcissist at all. She's actually on the other side of codependent. Her man might be a narcissist. A narcissist would do something for you, for him. So if I buy my wife a new dress and I take her out for dinner and all the men are looking at her, that makes me feel good as an egomaniac, right? But it's not because I wanted to buy my wife a dress to make her happy i wanted to do this for her so that she can make me look good right so when we talk about doing things for people it's actually not selflessness it's actually selfishness because it's about me 
ultimately. And when you feel like you are depleted, it's very easy to fall into selfishness and self-centeredness when you feel like you're always a person that's given and 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 given. This is one thing that I want to point out. It's probably one of the last things I want to point out, but it spoke volumes. Let me play it for you. And I've been known to love people back there. I just wanted, you know, I just wanted love. She just wanted love. All my life. All her life. So when I think that when I wasn't finding the love, or I wasn't getting the love that I wanted, I decided to just give it. When I realized that I wasn't getting the love that I wanted, I decided to give it. You giving love does not take away the fact that you still desire and want to be given love. Does that make sense guys? You're giving but you're still not receiving the love that you desire. It doesn't fix the main problem. The main problem is that people are not loving you correctly and that is why you are still drained after hoping that if I give this person so much love they're gonna give it back to me and they may give it back to you but it may never ever 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 be in the capacity that you've given to them because ultimately you've given that love because you feel like if I give it I'll get it it is transactional. If you look beyond the surface, this is transactional. But what happens is that you will never get someone to love you by loving them. And that will bloody preach. You can never get someone to love you by loving them. So, Brini, how do we receive love when we're not getting love? When we don't receive love, we think it's because we are not worthy of that love. So what do we do? We try harder to prove to others, which is ultimately proving to ourselves that we are worthy of love. Look what I can give you. Look what I do for you. Look at all the things that I've done for you. See my worth. But you can never force someone to see your worth. And your value does not decrease based on someone else's inability to see it. You're still worthy whether they see it or not. Worthiness does not have to be proved. It needs to be believed. Nobody else but you need to believe that you are worthy, period. We must believe that we are worthy of love, irregardless of the things around us that prove otherwise. For example, how others treat us. We tend to find our worth in how people treat us, and that's not good enough because people are fickle and people are always constantly changing, right? And that's why, let's say, you can be so good to someone and then you go to an event and you see them and that person is trying to look at you like you aren't worth a dime. They saw you, but they're going to ignore you or they're going to start acting weird towards you. If I put my worth on how that person saw me I will be crushed every single time because people are fickle I need to decide within myself that I'm worthy period and so this is the last thing that I want to talk about 2730 she said feeling like you have to prove your worthiness to be loved by someone mm. I did that but you don't do that anymore no what's different now is I know my worth once my career started taking off and other women were able to relate to me from like just being organic and unapologetic, it was, it gave me permission to be like, you know what? I don't need, you know, I did pop my shit for a long time. I used to prove myself to men, but the difference now is I know my worth. And then proceeds to talk about her success and how others, i.e. women, found value in her and how she went on to popping her ish talking about, I don't need no man. First thing is that she said that she knows her worth but then she went on to explain how she knows her worth and how she knows her worth is not internal it's still external so you may not be trying to prove yourself to a man but now you're trying to prove yourself or get value from being 
valuable to other people. I will hands up, hold my hands up and say that there was a season of my life I found my value in what my followers or the people that watch my videos or the thing that people were saying about me, right? But it was still external. I still wasn't believing that I had value in and of myself, right? And she talks about popping her, popping her ish, talking about I don't need no man, which in actuality is a defense mechanism. A lot of successful black women in particular, they seem to use this I don't need a man rhetoric when they can't land a man to love them correctly, right? So I don't need no man, da, 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 da. but deep down you still need it because that void of not having love or being loved correctly is still a void. It's still missing and no amount of success, no amount of fame, no amount of likes on Instagram is ever going to fill that void of I want to be loved. I want to be cherished. I want to be seen as valuable. I don't want to be seen as disposable. I don't want to be seen as replaceable. So to say that I know my worth now isn't enough if your worth is still coming from external things. No amount of fame, no amount of likes, no amount of people knowing your name, no amount of attention that you get, no amount of being in a good relationship with a man, a man deciding to marry you. None of that is going to convince you of your worth. You must already be convinced of your worth. You must believe that you are worthy because God made you worthy. Point blank, period. Our worth comes from our creator, not the created. You gotta believe that. Like, you gotta believe that you're already loved. You're already chosen. You know who you are. You know what he's spoken about you. You need to believe that. You're already loved. That's why I love the song Gyra. I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. You're enough. You are already enough, sis. So the podcast started off talking about submission, but as you guys can see, it actually was a lot deeper than that. Everything, guys, comes back to value. Everything comes back to worth. Everything comes back to valuing yourself, and which I've been trying to teach you guys for years on this channel. How you see yourself affects every area of your life, especially relationships. If you're worthy, act like it. If you're valuable, act like it. Stop putting yourself in the cell rack. Stop discounting your value. Stop finding your, your value and your worth and external bullshit in your clothes in your hair in your makeup in your followers in your job in your money in who likes you find your worth in God find your worth inside of you find your worth in the God that the value that God placed in this jar of clay it doesn't matter how beautiful someone is guys if they don't see their worth they don't see their value it means nothing self-love is a journey guys it's a journey and I won't even put my hands up and be like I know my value I know my worth so much I cannot shout like that I I'm not susceptible to feeling the way that she felt. Because like I said, in my last relationship, I was that person. If I do this, if I do that, if I do that, maybe he'll see my worth. And he didn't. So my message to you guys is, girls, don't make it too easy. Don't take it too fast. Faith doesn't worry and value doesn't beg, period. All right? Know your worth, add tax and inflation because times are hard. And when times are hard, what do we do? We raise our standards even more. We never, ever lower them. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Pep Talk podcast. It would mean so much to me if you can leave a review, rate this episode, and I will see you in the next one. Stay fabulous, ladies. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. 
They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.